Welcome, everyone, to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please give us a follow, share. You have no idea how, that much, how much that means to us. It motivates us to keep on producing this high-quality content. Another beautiful day today at the studio. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm a little tired. Just got off work. But guys, we have an amazing guest today for you. Her name is Crystal Grant. She is a CRNA, an author, entrepreneur. She's written over four books. She started her own, own company. It's called Independent Dreams Incorporated, all while accelerating her career as a CRA nurse. How's it going, Crystal? How you doing? Hello. It's going well. Thank you guys so much for having me. How's your day been? How's your week? This is We're midweek right now. How's your week been? My week has been good, um, but cold. We're getting a lot of um, ice and you know snow here in the Carolinas, which mm. is strange. But um, same thing as what happened in Texas, but to a little bit of a lesser degree. Thank gosh. So. Yeah, I feel like we go through these like storms every few years. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Texas, Texas, Texas gets snow every couple of years. Like I don't know if it's global warming or or, or what, but I feel like it cycles every couple of years. It's, it scares people and people get, get worried because there's snow in Texas and all that. But I feel like it happens every so often. I don't think it's that, that, that I wild. agree with you, man. Mm. Crystal, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. So I am originally from Western Massachusetts, uh, Springfield, not Boston. Uh, so we actually are the ones who invented basketball, if ever <laughs> you should be asked. <laughs> We're also where Dr. Seuss is from. So those are the two things that Springfield, Massachusetts are known for. And that's my favorite um, book. <laughs> Cat in the Hat. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, I lived in Massachusetts pretty much all my life, graduated high school. Then I went to college in North Carolina. Um, around that time, my mother was diagnosed with stage four uterine cancer. So she actually passed away my second year of nursing school in college. Um, I went on, I finished nursing school. I began working in the medical intensive care unit at Rex Hospital in Raleigh, North Carolina. I worked there for about a year and a half. And then I began travel nursing. And I did travel nursing for about seven or eight years. Um, during that time, my father passed away. And then my brother was killed. So I had a lot of uh, traumas in my early nursing years and in my 20s um, but it didn't stop me from pursuing my initial goal of becoming a CRNA. In 2010 I was accepted into UMDNJ which is now Rutgers Newark in Newark, New Jersey and I completed their CRNA program. It was a 28-month uh, MSN program at that time. And I graduated in 2012 with my MSN in anesthesia. And I've been practicing as a CRNA ever since. Um, like you said, I've written a few books and here I am today. <laughs> Life is fun. I, I have a question that kind of struck me right away. So when I was in nursing school, I always thought about, God forbid something happens to my family because that's going to be such a hard block to get over while I'm trying to, you know, excel in my career. How did you overcome all this adversary, adversity? Because it happened multiple times to you. You know what? I didn't. Um, and I didn't realize that I hadn't overcome it until probably present day. Um, 
over the last couple of years, I've been really doing some deep soul searching and healing because I didn't heal back then. I was in a very dark place, um, kind of all throughout that time period. I was depressed. I worked night shift back then, which didn't help matters because I'm, I'm not a night person. Um, so night shift was really tough on me. Um, all of those losses were very tough on me. And then the expectation of you still have to come to work and take care of patients. Um, it was a lot and I, I put a lot of it away. Um, I would eat very unhealthily. I was in very toxic relationships romantically and I was just kind of lost to be completely transparent and honest. And so it wasn't until I was about 36, 37, um, where I really just kind of sat down. I was single at the time. I was newly divorced. I was a CRNA by then. And I um, just really started delving into some of my traumas in my past and really started healing. So now I can honestly say um, I'm healing now, but I really wasn't back then. So uh, I think it's important, especially for us as nurses, because, you know, we are caregivers and we are caring for everyone else. And sometimes we forget to care about the most important person, which is ourselves. I think that's what always happens. We like um, compartmentalize things. We just put them aside. And even during this pandemic, um, they say that you might not know what's going on emotionally till you sit down and they say, you know, take some time to yourself, listen to yourself and see what emotions arise. And if you need help, there's help for you. And, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of what's happening during COVID is we've had it for over a year. And now the nurses are kind of stepping out and saying how stressful it is. And, you know, there's like a little turnover. People aren't happy. And yeah, it's uh, trauma is a serious thing. Yeah, regarding your trauma and like your, your your emotion stuff, how did you learn how to like harness them or control them? Or when did you, or how did you learn to take the right approach to, to dealing with these things? Like when was the, I don't want to get too personal here, but when, when did you decide like, hey, this relationship is, is it for me? This is super toxic. Like how did you realize and how did you get past it? And what do you still do to, to kind of keep yourself in the right path? Well, I can honestly say that for the longest time, I kept thinking, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep attracting these type of people to me? And I was putting kind of the blame on myself and I didn't understand why. So in 2017, after my divorce, I actually lost um, 70 pounds um, with diet and exercise. And I just started really loving myself. And I know that may sound so cliche and weird, but it was like, I was so much more cognizant of the foods that I ate, um, the things that I drank, um, the amount of times I would get up and move my body. I started getting more into spirituality, um, into crystals and healing and Reiki and meditating, um, which I had really never done before. And I just really started being quiet and listening to myself like I wanted to know who I was and um with and I, I'm still on this journey like <laughs> I think it's a, a lifetime yeah. uh, process but 
you know, I, I am a completely per different person now than I was three years ago and definitely a completely different person than I was 10 years ago. Um, and I just attribute that all to really actually loving myself, um, just loving the person that I am, loving my flaws, loving my accomplishments for a long time, I just would, and I think a lot of um, healthcare providers are like this. We're always like striving to do the next thing, like to be better, to be the best. And like, you know, by a certain age, I need to be doing this. And I was just like, let's focus on what you have accomplished. Like you haven't even really patted yourself on the back for any of the things that you have accomplished. And so just taking the time to learn who I am and spending time with myself and just loving myself. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful thing when you finally comes to that realization because we all have our super low points and there are times in our lives where, where we feel worthless, where we're in those toxic relationships, where we're just not in a good place in our, in our lives. And we're so down that we're like, this is happening to us because this is what we deserve. This is how our, our life's going to be. This is how, how, how it's supposed to be. And then we come to, to this point where we're just like, no, life does not have to be this way. Like I'm my own person. I could make my own paths. I could, you know, figure out my emotions and I could be the person that I want to be. But sometimes it just takes those tough times, those hard moments to, to bring this, this vision of, our, of ourselves like up from our, from like our soul, basically, you know? Yeah. I, I think trauma is also very interesting because let's just say you have somebody that um, didn't give you a lot of self-esteem and you always talked yourself down, right? That could be almost used like a tool for your advantage because you're never content in life, right? You never can find that peace within yourself because you're always saying this, that, that's not if I want that. So you're almost using that as a motivator to just get so much and excel, whether it's, you know, going to CRNA school, finishing nursing school, or, you know, being a business owner, you know, you almost take that negative energy and turn it into a positive without even realizing yeah. it sometimes. And sometimes just people in society are just just a bunch of assholes, you know, like they they, they see you be ha like they see you being happy for for like one day and they try to just tarnish it because they themselves can't find their own happiness. So instead of working on themselves, they rather just bring you down. Energy vampires. Yeah. Energy vampires. Yeah, I learned a lot about them um, and just energy in, in general. Um, it's just so interesting to me. And we know the science behind energy, you know what you put in your body or, you know, calorie wise, you have to burn off. But when you really start actually thinking about what energy is, it's just so interesting to me. It just spirituality just clicked with me so much better than any religion that I had ever grown up. And I grew up in the church. I mean, we were at church all the time. I went to Catholic school, like church was a thing, but it was like spirituality, like the soul yourself. It just resonated with me so much better when I really started focusing on getting to know who I am. Yeah, it's, it's One thing I've realized about spirituality and no offense to anybody that's religious, correct? This is just my own experience is religion sometimes focuses too much on the future, right? What's going to happen when I'm going to die? I need to be a good person because if I die, I'm going to go to hell or wherever people believe. And I think spirituality takes you within and takes you to this present moment because this is all that we, you know, grasp to. And this is like this consciousness that people talk about, this universal 
one, right? Yeah, yeah. When you really start, and I, I know there's other topics we're gonna talk. No, about. no, no, no. Not, nothing is off topic, so <laughs> we're flowing, right? <laughs> yeah. When you really start thinking about it and living in the present moment, um, I don't know if you guys know of who Dr. Joe Dispenza is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But, you know, when he talks about the heart and mind connection and the present moment is truly the only moment we have, there's no such thing as the past or present because, or excuse me, past or future, because there's only the present. When you really start to think about that, you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start thinking about how much time you've wasted focusing on things you can't even change, things that haven't even happened yet, or things that did happen that you know, you can go and try to rewrite, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. And I just want to learn as much about it as possible and just really learn about my soul and who I am. So it's very hard to do. It's a long journey, but it's super eye opening and, and it just makes you love life a whole lot more and it makes you love yourself yeah. in general, you know? And, and, you know, to wrap up the whole toxic relationship is I, that's why people, you know, sometimes get into that toxic relationship mm-hmm. because they don't know that self-worth. And yeah. once you do that, you know, grunt work of working on yourself, that's when you can excel in, within yourself and in other aspects of life, including relationships. Yeah. So, so question, how did you go from CRNA to business owner? What sparked your interest in that and how is that going currently? Um, you know, I think unconsciously I went from CRNA to business owner because I knew that there had to be more to life than working for someone else all the time, constantly making them money. Um, and so my first CRNA job, I was there for almost two years and I liked it fair enough, but there was just some there's other things that I want to do in life and I can't do that if I'm working 40 and 50 hours a week in the operating room Mm -hmm. so um, I left that job and I became a 1099 independent contractor business owner of independent dreams so independent dreams is kind of like the grandfather of all of my other businesses that I've kind of um, put underneath the umbrella Mm -hmm. and um It just allowed me the freedom to focus on doing those other things um, while still being able to work as a CRNA as well. And in 2018, I started on Instagram with just kind of showing my face on Instagram. I mean, I I had been on Instagram since it first started, but I really never showed my face. I never talked on there. I was super shy actually. I am super shy. I'm coming out of it, though. <laughs> <Thanks> <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm much better um, now than when I originally started. But I just kind of started coming out of my shell, and I started getting all these messages from people. Oh, my gosh, you're a CRNA. I, you know, I've never seen one before. What do you do? Like, all these questions. And so I was like, oh, hey. So I started answering the questions, but then I noticed the questions were kind of similar from different people. So... I said, well, let me just kind of make a PDF form and then I can just kind of send it out to people. And then as I was doing that, I was like, well, I should probably tell the backstory of who I actually am and the things that I went through prior to becoming a CRNA. And so then 
the next thing I knew I had a book written. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's how the business of being an author came about. I've always liked writing. Um, I just, you know, I had written a lot of stories. I had just never completed one. And so my first book, Acceptance Granted, um, One Woman's Journey to Becoming a CRNA was my baby. And I sold like 600 copies the first night that I released. Nice. That's, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Why is that book so meaningful to you? Or what sparked you to write that book? Um, I think it's meaningful because it actually helped me. Remember, I told you I started kind of processing things in 2017. And then in 2018, when I wrote this book, it was kind of like a purge for me of telling my story of getting it out. And even though I didn't go into all the nitty ditty, you know, gruesome details of every single trauma that had happened to me, I was letting people know, hey, even with this, 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 this happening to me, like, like I still did it. So if I can do it, and this is your dream, too, you can do it, too, if you just, you know, apply yourself and put in the work. Um, I also wanted to show that you know, my journey wasn't easy. There, There's a lot of people who are like, hey, I want to be a CRNA. I'm going to go to the ICU. I'm going to start applying. I'm going to apply to one school. I'm going to interview and I'm going to get in. And, th- and that's their reality. Like that happens for them. That was not my reality. And so I think my book was kind of motivating because it was like, hey, you know, I, I didn't know, I, I did know I wanted to be a CRNA, but I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I was good enough. And, th- and that was from that lack of self-esteem that I had. Um, you know, so, you know, I started travel nursing, I started doing all this other stuff instead of following out my dream of becoming a CRNA. And when my brother was killed on his motorcycle, it was like fleeting, like, oh my gosh, like, if this is what I really want to do, I have to buckle down and do it. And I started going on CRNA school interviews and I kept getting no's. Um, I went on six different interviews And by the seventh interview, I was so tired of hearing no, that I was like, if they tell me no, then I'm going to have to figure out something else because I'm not doing this anymore. And luckily, I got a yes. That was the one yes that I needed. And I just felt it was important to share that story because not everybody's story is rainbows and butterflies. So hopefully my story motivates someone else. Oh, for sure, though. It's like a lot of my inspiration comes from from books. Like when I first heard about David Goggins back in the day and like I've heard, well, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, but his his adversity, all the stuff that he went through through growing up. And then I was thinking to myself, he's doing all this and, and I'm here living his very fortunate life and I'm here like not able to do any of this because it's my because of self-conscious because of, of fear. And then this David Goggins guy went through all this stuff in his lifetime and he's doing all this. What is my excuse? And right. it's also like writing a book is very beneficial to the readers, but I'm sure it's very beneficial to you because you're actually able to put those emotions onto paper. You know, it's almost like another outlet for you, right? Is that how it felt kind of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like getting it, getting it all out and just, you know, sometimes I've written stuff and never, you know, nobody's ever seen it, but mm-hmm. this was like, okay, I'm going to share this because it's going it, to, it's going to help somebody else. Yeah. It's very therapeutic because even I take notes sometimes and I don't show on your body, but just like sometimes you're just all caught up in these emotions that you just need some kind of outlet, but you're not ready to talk about it or you don't want to talk about it because it's super personal. So then you write it down and then just running it down and you're reading over it. 
that makes you feel so much better. Yeah. But my question is to you because you went through a lot of adversity and now you're trying to be a CRNA and you keep keep getting these no's. How do you just not get bothered by those? Like how do you keep <laughs> keep applying, keep pushing, keep pushing? Because seven times is is quite a bit. Like I probably would have been broken down. I probably would have gave up after the third or fourth time. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Um, that time period was very difficult for me. Um, my like I said, my brother was killed. Um, I was in a very very toxic and um, emotionally abusive relationship at that time. And to then, you know, fly out to an interview, interview, and then get your rejection letter was very, 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 very hard for me. Mm -hmm. I think the only um, motivating thing was, and it I don't even know if this was a good thing, but I'll say it is because I wanted to say, I'm going to show my haters, you know, I'm going to show this guy who is treating me like a, can we curse on here? Go okay. for it. <laughs> I'm going to show this asshole, like he's treating me like a piece of shit, but you know, I'm about to go, I'm going to become a CRNA. I'm going to be, you know, fucking amazing, making all this money. And he's going to, you know, regret this. Yeah. Like, was that motivation, the, right? <laughs> that that was motivation? It it probably wasn't the right frame of mind that I needed to be in, but it was the it was what pushed me to keep going. Um, but it was hard. I, I won't ever say that it was easy. I cried a lot. Um, I was very very um, just depressed and sad and bleak. Um, uh, yeah, it was difficult. So. Let's just say you want to take yourself back 15 years, right? Before all this started. And now you know everything that you know. What would yeah. you tell your younger self? Oh, my gosh. I'd say, girl, stop spending all your money. <laughs> I was a travel nurse back then. And I remember how much money I was making every week. I didn't have to pay for housing. As you guys know, you know, your housing is paid for. All I had was a car payment. I would have kept that car. I would have paid it off. And I would have stacked my money um, because CRNA school was very expensive. So if I could talk to 25 year old Crystal, I'd say stack your money, pay off your car, keep your car, um, and you will be so much better off in 15 years. You will not have to be working the way you do at 40 years old if you just listen to me, young Crystal. <laughs> so, yeah. And you brought up loans. I know for, we spoke to a CRNA before and he had to stop work completely and just devoted everything, his whole life into CRNA school. So he didn't work and he had to take out a bunch of loans. Did you do the same thing? Was it the same process for you or were you just able to work part-time or did you just take out a bunch of loans? How does that, how did that process work for you? So working is not advised and mm -hmm. some programs it's not allowed, period. Um, you know, if you've applied to seven schools and you've got six no's and you finally get a yes, are you going to risk still working, you know, secretly um, to make a few thousand bucks, you know, every other week and try to study for CRNA school? No. So it's, it's really not worth it. Um, and a lot of schools say do not work during this program. It's extremely intense. It from the start, from day one, it, it, it's an intense amount of information very rapidly that you have to know and master weekly for your exams. And, you know, you're taking more than one course at a time. So 
you cannot work. Um, student loans was my only option at that time because I had not saved any of my money. That's why I would have told young Crystal to save her travel nursing money. Um, she could have still enjoyed a little bit of life, young Crystal, but she, she would have been able to pay for CRNA school cash had she actually buckled down and, and knew better. Um, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you, you must have been so, living um, it up though because you travel nurse for six years so i'm sure you had like an amazing time because <laughs> we're right now what like five months into the contract yeah. like first time as like a travel nursing duo and it's it's amazing it's fun this we're is having... the most money i've i've made in a long, a long time the only yeah. reason why we don't save as much is because we run a business too you yeah. know so a lot of our income goes to our business but but like when i look at my paycheck and i'm just like holy shit you know yeah. compared to compared to the staff job like it, it's i like, that's why I laugh at staff nurses, you know? That's to be a dick. You know, I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, and again, we might not, we might have to do a whole nother episode, but, you know, I wasn't raised um, to really know how to manage money. Um, my parents did well, but they never seemed to have money. So I thought you make money, you spend it. Like, <laughs> I mean. It comes and goes, right? Yeah, and sometimes before... I even would get it, it would already be gone. So yeah, I was, I was a very poor money manager in my um, 20s and early 30s. And so I took out $208,000 uh, worth of student loans uh, for grad school. Um, and I, you know, I got married, I had a house, I had all of those things. So my total debt was $356,000, excuse yeah. me, Yes, three hundred fifty-six thousand dollars in twenty sixteen, and um, you know I got tired of living paycheck to paycheck, even as a CRNA, because I was, I, I, you know, I was making this money, but it was all gone. I like cars and you know trips, and my dogs got nice clothes on. I mean, it was like it was ridiculous, even on a CRNA and uh, my my ex husband's salary, and so. Uh, I got on the Dave Ramsey baby steps and I have paid off everything except for $60,000 worth of student loans, which would have been paid off had COVID not hit. Mm -hmm. I would have paid that off last year. Yeah. So but you paid off a giant chunk. Like there's yeah. people that, that um, are, so I have a few friends from nursing school that took out large amount of loans for nursing school. And some of their loans was, were over hundred K just through nursing yeah. school and 200 K ad. Like they're not very financially savvy and they're just doing like the minimum amount of payments. So like, I was like looking at their loans, like not looking at them, but I was talking to them about their loans. They're not going to pay off their loans until they're like, like 50 years old. I was like, holy yeah. shit, like how do you get yourself into that kind of a hole yeah. that early on without even job security or anything that comes out of nursing school? Mm -hmm. so, it's, it's crazy to me mm -hmm. that, you know, they'll let an 18-year-old sign up for a student loan or a credit card, but, you know, you can't buy a beer. You can't buy cigarettes mm -hmm. or maybe you can buy cigarettes at 18. I don't know. But it, it's so. ridiculous to me. And they'll give you all this money, sign on the dotted line, like you said, without a job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this interest accrues. Right now it doesn't because of COVID. But the interest accrues on that amount. So even if you make the minimum payment, there's still daily interest that accrues mm -hmm. on top of that amount every single day right. and and um you know if you're not financially responsible which i was not many years um it just adds up and the next thing you know you you finally look at it and you're like oh my god i owe what mm -hmm. so i'll be glad when i finally do pay them off yeah I, Matt I and i are polish so our parents are the most financial savvy people 
but mm-hmm. our benefit growing up was our parents or their parents grew up during communism so their mindset was always work and save and save and save and save so they instilled that in, into us where money it's more important to save your money than to spend it even though our yeah. parents didn't do like real estate or didn't do any kind of investments their their financial strategy or their financial mindset was go to work get the paycheck and put it in your savings account and mm-hmm. devote that money into the future spend as little little as you can and that's kind of how we, we grew up Matt and myself worked full time throughout nursing school because you know our parents didn't have enough money to put us through yeah. school, so we had to take out a few loans. Luckily, I only got out of school with like like well, like eight k in in debt. But you know my my grade oh, wow. suffered. Yeah, my grade suffered a little bit, but I mean I still passed. And and just having that financial freedom at such a young age definitely let me enjoy my career and enjoy my life a little bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think it's also sad that our educational system does not teach us financial literacy at, at all. Uh, just like you said, it, it teaches you how to get a job and work hour to hour. And that's that like enslavement that we have for consumerism, you know, like we're we're like plugged into, as we call it, the matrix. Right. And we're always working hourly. And, you know, the little people are always suffering more. And it kind of like I talked to somebody from Russia and um, he's actually my cousin's trainer because he's trying to get into UFC. And in Russia, it's so bad where you only work paycheck to paycheck. And it's so poor where you can't focus on politics, what's happening. Hey, let's change society. Hey, let's start a business. People will laugh at you mm-hmm. because all people know is how to have that mentality of surviving day to day. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's so sad. Yes, plugged into the matrix. Uh, absolutely. Um, red pill or blue pill because we are all energy and the more energy that we use going to work to make somebody else money is less energy that we have to focus on what we want to do. Mm-hmm. The fact that you guys are doing this podcast and you're starting your own business and you're travel nursing at the age that you are now, I commend you. That is awesome. And you're going to be in such a better place than I am now at 40, like figuring it out now at 40, then, then I mean, you guys salute. Yeah. I mean, thank, thank you so much. Life is just a puzzle. You know, you're always figuring it out. Like you're never going to have that moment in your life. I feel like there's never going to be a moment in my life where I'm be 100% content with, with everything. It always gives yeah. me that, that, that chase for more because if you're, let's say you're financially stable, you have everything that, that you want you're still going to have to try and figure out yourself internally, right? Yeah, always. There's, you could pay any kind of money, talk to anybody in the world, see these therapists, see these counselors, have these discussions, Take go on these you know, voyages and trips, but you're never going to fully ever 100% understand yourself until maybe the moment that, that you die, maybe then, then you'll realize. But I want to bring up a point. So you're in the medical field, we're both in, a, in the medical field, we're nurses, you're, you're a CRNA, and society. I feel like society, when you go into a medical field or nursing or anything like that, health-related, Society puts on this stigma where your life is just devoted to to just that career. Yeah, like you go into nursing and you're gonna be nursed for the rest of your life. But there's this misconception that that that's all we do. Like nursing for us, we went into the, we went into it for the right reason. We wanted to help people and do things like that. But we also went to nursing because we wanted to pursue other passions as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have this misconception that if you're a nurse, you can be a nurse forever, and that's all you should be doing. Like no, that it's okay to have other interests. Because we do have those nurses that are fully devoted to their nursing career. They're and that's all they want to do. Yeah. And it's completely okay to not be 100% devoted to, to nursing and to healthcare. Because yeah. we're, we're all different. And just like same with your shoes, you realize that nursing, CRNA school, and become a CRNA isn't, isn't the end-all be-all. Like you wanted to, to do more. A lot of people get discouraged. And I feel like society discourages people from exploring different avenues. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
just want yeah. to bring that up. I thought it was a good point. And I know for me, <laughs> for me, for the longest time, it was okay. Yeah, I'll do my other stuff when dot dot dot. Like, like okay, I have to focus on being a CRNA right now, working you know forty hours plus per week um, because that's the only thing I can focus on right now. So I'll write when I you know when I'm done paying off this student loan. And it was like, I just kept putting off all my other dreams. And then I finally one day was like, wait a minute. Like, is this what my parents did? Like, did they put off their dreams too? And then, you know, remembering them passing away, I'm like, well, when did they ever get to do any of their dreams? Wow, yeah, it's like goosebumps. Yeah, you know, it just, it's, um, I wish... I wish I had plugged in a little bit earlier, but obviously I'm plugged in when I'm supposed to be plugged in. So I'm happy to be on this journey now. What what is your next endeavor? What are you currently passionate about, obsessed about, focused on? Um, So I have a couple of projects that I'm doing. I am my 14 year old great niece. She's an illustrator. And she's amazing. Like I don't even know how she does these drawings. And does she do the sorry? Does she do the drawings for your for your books? Because you wrote you wrote children's not, books. She right. She did not do the drawings for my children's book. But we are coming out. Her and I were going to come out with a series uh, for her drawings. So she's doing the illustrations for this drawing. I'm doing the storyline for it. And so that's um, one of my next projects. We're hoping to release that book, uh, the first series uh, by this summer. And then another project that I have with one of my business partners and very good friends is a health and wellness build, uh, business. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, um, but we are set to launch hopefully uh, by next month. And we'll be making that announcement here soon. Uh, we've got a really nice big surprise for uh, folks out there. So, do I give us a little preview? What's it, what's it going to entail? Um, so it's going to entail everything: mind, body, spirit. Mm. So um, we're going to focus on nutrition. We're going to focus on um, getting your mind right because she is a licensed clinician. So we're going to talk about meditation and healing and yoga and all these things. And then we'll actually have some uh, nutritional products coming out as well. That sounds wonderful. Is this, is this going to be in a book as well? No. Or, uh, well, maybe. I don't oh. know. We'll write a book for that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll start um, with some blog posts mm-hmm. and things. Nice. That's I feel how- like society, like the more we progress in society into science, the more discoveries we make, technology, we shift less from like holistic care. We're so numbers-based. We're so... Right. Like this has to be research. This has to be like, it's so scientific and almost so artificial that we forget how people were able to treat themselves and fix themselves hundreds of years ago. Like Western medicine is a lot different from Eastern medicine. Yeah. And Western medicine is, is so progressive. So pushing to the future, even when you see a doctor, like they, no one's going to ever really recommend you exercise and changing up your diet. They might mention it. But they're also give you that statin. They're also give you a blood pressure medication. You know, they'll tell you, hey, you got to cut the weight. You got to eat healthier. But we're also going to give you some medication. They don't even give you a chance. And just right away, banged to the medication. That's kind of how our society is progressing. That's kind of how it's going to be. Because people don't understand the benefit of, you could say, say East, Eastern, the Eastern atmosphere health. Like the health that comes from India, like Buddhism, meditation, like, like you said, 
like Reiki, things like that, looking internally, internally into yourself, people just want a pill. And I feel like over maybe over time, hopefully we could kind of push away from the super sciencey based and realize the benefit of these mindfulness exercises. Like come back together within mm-hmm. in a way, right? Yeah. Because a lot of our illnesses, a lot of our sicknesses are 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 kind of this us doing to ourselves, right? A lot of stress. Yeah. Like Matt mentioned many times before in our previous episode, where stress leads to a lot of GI discomforts, a lot of issues with with, with that. Because we're all, you know, we're, like you said before, we're all energy. So we're all intertwined. So mind, body, soul, and spirit and, and the physical presence, you know? Yeah. Like, um, you know, Joe Dispenza talked about mm. trauma, living in the body, living in the uh, energy centers. And if, if that trauma stays there, you know, that can become cancer or mm-hmm. high blood pressure or tumors or whatever. And um, yeah, I just really started thinking about because so here here's another thing that I've been thinking about a lot in my Mm. meditations is that so I'm the age now that my mother was when she had me Mm -hmm. so I know what I've been through at this age and I don't have children so I started thinking oh my gosh my mother had probably been through so much stuff and I didn't know anything about it as a kid and what did she hold on to? What did she never release? What is that why she got cancer? Is that why she died? You know, and I just started thinking about all these things that I didn't even know about my mother, not because she wasn't there, because she was very present in my life. But I didn't know my mother as a woman. I knew her only as my mother. And so I never really got to speak to her woman to woman to know the things that she had dealt with and been through in life. And um, it just really made me start thinking about energy centers and healings and things that she may have held on to and never let go. And maybe that is why she got sick. So yeah, since you're really into all this energy, do you ever feel like, like your mom is still around kind of like sometimes you you think of something and you're like, Oh, that's what mom would say. Or, or I feel like I'm like, you ever get those vibes where like your mom is still there kind of looking over over you and stuff like that or your parents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I would go to others um, like, you know, psychics and things like that to, to try to see if my mother was still around and did she have a message for me? Is she proud of me? You know, can she see what I'm doing? So I was always kind of seeking it from other people. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, in these past few years started meditating and just really quieting my mind and learning that the energies never leave, you know, they may leave the body, but the consciousness is still here because we're all plugged into, you know, the vortex, if you want to call it. So uh, she's here. I speak to her often. Um, I feel like I gotten my answers and I've gotten my quote unquote human closure that I needed um, to kind of know, is she proud of me now and things like that. And now I just talk to her all the time because I know her energy is here forever. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, ama- that's amazing. And her energy is interesting. I wanted to take two steps back to when you guys were talking about the whole entrepreneurship and nutrition. I, I love that you're starting that business and we interviewed Kat Golden before and she said the market's huge for all these things right and and it's amazing that we have all these interviewers and it's so cool seeing different nurses do all these different things and pursuits because in the future we could all come together collab and maybe create something meaningful for nurses and change society you know just like 
just like cell phones came to be and then apps came and then apps just took over society and look at all these big companies hopefully in the future these nurses could collab and maybe make some meaningful changes in healthcare because that's what we clearly need and we talk about it so much you know just like covid that's yeah. awesome because everyone like that this podcast opened us open up so much avenues and it's just so interesting because we sorry didn't mean to burp sorry it came out of nowhere but <laughs> Sorry about that. But it's cool because like we interview so so much people and then we have like nurses that we work with that just devote their whole lives to nursing. And then we hop on a couple of nurses and do these podcast episodes and realize how how many people out there are focused on, on other things besides just their nursing. their direct field, you know. Like Matt and I have a podcast, so you're doing a bunch of stuff, like Kekko has has her thing. And it's and it's very reassuring to us and it makes us feel that hey everyone like there's only people out there that are doing their their own grind they're doing their own thing that's what they want to do so it kind of motivates us to kind of keep doing our thing too and i'm sure it motivates a lot of our listeners to to be like okay nursing maybe isn't everything that i thought it was was i enjoy it i it pays the bills but hey maybe i should also try to do something else yeah, because because look at crystal grant you know became a crna with with all this adversity she's a crna she has her own business she wrote some books like you know very knowledgeable awesome to talk to and that inspires many people to kind of as shitty as it sounds, maybe leave the bedside and actually pursue something that they want to do in their lives. It's, it's not shitty. Look at look at burnout. Look how mm. bad we get treated, you know? Look how stressful, you know, I was these past couple of days. I spoke to a nurse today and she said, yeah, I'm leaving the ICU. I, I just can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to step down. I'm like, I understand it's stressful. She said she can't cope with it emotionally. Mm. Yeah. So, Crystal, can you go a little bit more in depth into independent dreams? Because you said it's like a like your big um, umbrella company and there's little companies under it. So what actually is Independent Dreams? So Independent Dreams is what I started when I became a freelancing CRNA, mm -hmm. kind of going to different places and providing anesthesia care. However, you know, it's Independent Dreams. Like these are the dreams that I have of being a independent per um, person doing what I want, you know, following my dreams. So underneath that um, company is also my health and wellness business, um, which I haven't released that name yet. So uh, I, hopefully by the time, you know, this really is out there, people will have heard about the mm -hmm. new business. But, you know, that's under there. My author's publishing company is under there, Crystal Grant Publishing. Um, and then, you know, hopefully other businesses, business ideas that I have, in the future will also kind of fall under those independent dreams that I have of just being independent, doing my thing. I love that. Yeah. That is for you. also have a YouTube channel, correct? What do you, we, me and I took a little bit of a, a look at it. You do a lot of uh, Instagram live interviews on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right now it's kind of on a pause, but yeah, I do Instagram lives and get them over to my YouTube channel when I can. Um, most of my content is on my actual Instagram page, but I do have the Six Figure CRNA YouTube channel as well, um, just kind of open uh, for some other future, hopefully, uh, live stuff that I'll be doing on there. Crystal, where can people find you? Uh, mostly on Instagram, Crystal Grant CRNA is my main Instagram uh, page that I'm most active on currently. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well that's tied to that crystal G, just the letter G dash E, um, but it's the same as my Instagram page. 
And yeah, I'm pretty much on there every day. I will kind of walk you guys through a day in the life of the CRNA. I have videos and reels and all types of motivational things on my Instagram page. Yeah, I got one more quick question. What made you write a children's book? Uh, so the children's book, the Super CRNA series, uh, I wrote that because nobody knows what a CRNA is. <laughs> yeah, especially and, kids. <laughs> especially kids. And how can we improve the profession and get more CRNAs into the profession if nobody knows what it is until, you know, they're 25 years old? Not knocking 25, but, you know, you could have been a CRNA by then if you had known what it was. Mm -hmm. I wrote the children's book to hopefully get it out into uh, kids' classrooms, kids' libraries, uh, kids' hands, period. And if they don't want to be a CRNA, they can see that there are other things in the nursing field that they can do, especially as little boys. So I feel like that was very important for uh, little boys to see. They can be nurses too. There you go. Get them off the, get them off the video games for a little bit, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I used to get yelled at all the time for like video games when I was younger. All the time. And now people make it a business. It's crazy. People make, make more money than I do playing video yeah. games. And they're like younger than me. Excuse me? I said they have competitions for it and everything. Right? Like imagine if I would have just kept playing video games. Stuck you know? with that. Maybe I would have been like a... I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the title is, but maybe Millionaire with through video a gamer, games. A gamer, gamer, gold gamer. Yeah. Crystal, it's been a pleasure interviewing you. We really appreciate the conversation. It was very genuine. It took a different steer, steer into spirituality, and that's great because that's that's what we need, right? We, we got into the state of flow, and we just had a great conversation. So we really appreciate your time, yeah. and maybe we'll have you again. Yes, definitely. We'll actually do the questions next time. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, I feel like I feel like we've hit a lot of important topics today. Like, yeah. I feel like people are gonna get a lot of value, especially you know, just just learning about about your life. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. Thank you for for sharing your life with us. I know it's probably a little tough, but you know, you've 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 come, you've opened up, you know, and it made you a better person. And you know, I wish you the best with all your future endeavors. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me, and we will definitely do this again. Yep, definitely. Have a great one. Take right. care, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone on the live stream.